to another episode of Too Many Men. I'm Tony Pickenich. Alongside me here, Tyler Dyes. How you doing? Uh, no John Gallietta. Still in jail. Still in jail. We won't bail him out. Um, no. Are you kidding? I'm not going to waste my money on that. And Zach's back at college. You know you get the bail money back, right? No, I don't want it. Oh, all right. no, I don't, I, I don't want to give anybody money, even if I am getting it back. It's for John. Like, as long as he shows up to court. Yeah, see? Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> That might not be happening. You get the money back. Yeah, that might not be happening. All we right. don't know. All right. All right. <laughs> so huge, huge weekend in sports. Probably the best one we've had in a few months. Uh, from the ice to the hard court to the octagon to the ring, then eventually to the gridiron. We're going to get to all of it. Uh, we're going to start off on the ice, and we're going to get into the whole Oilers signing a goalie to a contract extension who really hasn't proved himself in a second. But let's get to something tonight. The Sharks-Capitals game uh, finished off 7-6 in overtime. Ovechkin netted a hat trick, and then the Sharks turned around and tied it with one second left. And then Tomas Hurdle of the San Jose Sharks had a hat trick and won. So crazy things happening. High scores, no goaltending, no defense by two teams that can be Stanley Cup contenders. Uh, let's get to the perils in Edmonton. I'd call it more of a debacle. Yeah. Peter Shirelli, hands down the worst general manager in hockey, um, making a slew of bad moves, no no bigger than the whole one-for-one Taylor Hall for Adam Larson trade. That was probably the worst trade in the history of trades, maybe ever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Quote Donald Trump. He also traded for Brandon Manning, the guy who came out and admitted to breaking uh, Connor McDavid's collarbone. On purpose. Yeah, on purpose. I, I, this is the same guy who traded Tyler Sagan, Blake Wheeler, uh, Jordan Eberle for now nothing because he just put Ryan Spooner on waivers. Uh, he cleared. Same with Ty Ratty. Both second-round picks at one point or another just on waivers. So basically just wastes of picks and trades. He also traded the pick that turned out to be Matthew Barzell for Griffin Reinhardt. And now, just to add on, he was not at the arena yesterday for the... Oilers and people just assumed he was being fired. People hoped he was people being fired. People hoped he was being fired, but usually when the general manager doesn't show up, he's being fired. Nope. <laughs> uh, the Oilers announced the other day they've signed goaltendo, uh, goaltender Miko Kosinen to a long term extension, three years. Next year he'll be making $5.5 million. Um, he's played 31 career games, 26 yeah. of which were with the. Oilers. Oilers. He's not good. He's not even that good. He's no. It's not even not not even that good. He's not good. Like he's not five million dollars a year good. No, there are there are very little goalies. There's a very little amount of goalies who are five million dollars a year good. Right. And he is not he's one of them. Definitely not one of them. No. He's terrible. It 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 makes you wonder what's going on at Edmonton. How does Peter Shirelli still have a job? He's got to have scandalous photos of somebody. He's got of the owner. Like, that's the only. That's the only. That's, that's uh, the only. That's the only way this can make sense. Because when you're when you trade away your star, one of your star players, because you think, oh, he's done it twice now. We have Connor McDavid. He's fine. done it twice. I understand. Hall and Everly, and they're both one for one trades. And like, how how are you gonna do that? You traded away a league MVP. Now, granted, he probably wouldn't have been league MVP if he yeah, was still well, on Yeah, Edmonton probably not. Because he wouldn't have stood out as much because he's sitting next to McDavid. But if you had Hall and McDavid on the same team 
now, that'd be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they're complaining they don't have any kind of secondary scoring outside of Connor McDavid. Well, boom, there it is. He wears number nine in New Jersey now, if you didn't. It's a little too late. <laughs> and your other secondary scoring was seven for the New York Islanders. If, that, if you're looking for it, that's where it is. It's, you're not going to find secondary waiver. scoring in Ryan Spooner, thus why putting him on waivers. Uh, going back to Miko Kostinen, um, this year he has a two seven eight goals against average. 91% save percentage. It's not good. No. He's 14-10 and 10 with one overtime loss. Uh, in his career, his goals against average is just under 3 at a 2.97. He's played 31 career games. Mm-hmm. And apparently in today's NHL, that warrants the kind of money he got. I, I think this is more of a reflection of how much more players in the NHL are getting paid now. Just because, like, you look at Miles, Miles Wood, I think it was, that got $4 million a year yeah. for four years. You're seeing NHL players want the money that NFL player and MLB players are making because their league is arguably getting as popular as some of the leagues mentioned. NBA players, too, they get paid a stupid amount of money. Yeah, they do. So I think that we're seeing the NHL kind of catch up to that where, like, players now are getting more money and the cap space is just going to keep moving up and up and up in this league because... You see all these different players wanting more money because they're saying, well, I, I'm at the top of my Well, There, was, my there wasn't even – usually you hear a player say, I want more money. There was no word from Edmonton saying Kostinen wanted this more money. They just gave it to him. It didn't matter. Yeah, I guess so. But they're not even – it's not like they're screwing themselves over for now because they are. Yes. They're not going to go to the playoffs this year, most likely. They're not going to win a Stanley Cup. It's definitely not under Peter Shirelli. But they're screwing themselves over for the future. They still have to pay Lucic $6 million a year for the next, like, four seasons. Now, do you think uh, McDavid's going to leave? He just he, he signed a 10-year extension, like, two years ago. I know. But do you think he's going to want to be traded because of what's going on in Edmonton? Well, think I know they feel safe because they're like, okay, well, we have Connor McDavid, so nothing we can do. What would you trade him for? I don't know. I don't know. Now, but at this let's, point, maybe let's play a, first, a couple first-round draft picks. I got something a little better than that. And a couple good players. Trade him to Toronto for that... Austin Matthews and two firsts. Oh. Mm. I don't think Toronto will go for that. He's I... their golden boy. Yeah, but there's somebody. There's only one player yeah, that Conor young McDavid. more golden than Austin Matthews. I know, and that's ridiculous. But uh, I don't know about that. Well, that I listen. That's a crazy move. Toronto would be nasty. Toronto's nasty could, as is. If you could get Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews in the same team, that team would win the Stanley Cup. Probably, yeah. Like, there's no question in my mind. Yeah. The other team could score as much as they want. All you need to do is put Connor McDavid. And, uh, Imagine McDavid centering a line between Tavares and Marner. That'd be ridiculous. Oof. It's 40 goals a player. It's <laughs> 120 goals on one line. <laughs> That's a good season right yeah. there. But I don't know. Well, if Miko Kostinen was making the $5.5 million that he's making next year, if he was making it this year, he'd be the 15th paid high school in the NHL. Oh, God. He'd be ahead of Roberto Luongo, Jimmy Howard, Frederick Anderson, Ben Bishop, He's Craig not Anderson. ahead of Corey, though, right? No, Corey, Corey's tied for eighth at six mil. See, but we look at that, and we see six million, and that's what's the top paid goalie in the league? Carey Price is making 10.5 a year. 10.5 a year. Yep, and second is Henrik Lundqvist at 8.5. Oh, my God, Henrik sucks, though. 
It's not even that he sucks. The team really sucks. That's true, but Lundqvist still sucks. No, what I'm trying to say is, like, look at those contracts and then go look at the NFL, the MLB, like, the NBA. They're making more than that. And those, like, lower league players are making more than that. Some some of the best goalies in the league are making the lowest money. Um, You got Robin Leonard, the goalie for the Islanders. He makes 1.5. That's sad. You got John Gibson, the goalie for the Ducks. He makes 2.3. And then Kassanen this year is making 2.5. So it's going to be a real jump in salary for Miko Kassanen. Yeah, well, three, what, four, three, three mil a year? You said 2.5? What, for Kassanen? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Yeah, this year he makes 2.5. Yeah, so Next year he makes 5.5. He's getting $3 million more dollars a year than he was last year. Yeah. I, That's a huge leap. Yeah. Huge leap forward. Uh, the race for the... Number one pick in the NHL draft is on. Oh, boy. Uh, right now for the number one draft pick, it's basically a five-team race. It's a seven. It's a six-team race. Can help you search the web for right now for the number one draft pick on your iPhone. Oh, is that my Siri or your Siri? My Siri. You didn't even say anything. It was, I don't know. Okay. So right now it's a six-team race. Um, yeah. Six teams currently possess 44 points, which is six teams currently possess 44 points or less. Where do the Devils sit? 43 points. 28th in the league. Oh, no. Philadelphia is 26th. Los Angeles is 27th. Those are the teams with 44. Then it goes New Jersey, Ottawa, Chicago, and Detroit. Okay, hold on. When was the last time a team went 4-0? They were the last undefeated team in the NHL, and then they ended up being oh, that's, that's the first never happened. pick that's never happened. of the draft I can the next get, I, year. I don't have numbers in front of it. I guarantee you that's never happened. Because that's so insane. Yeah, I, I guarantee How do you go from being the last undefeated team in the league to being the worst team in the league? You don't make any offseason moves? I, 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 that's just so stupid. Ray Shiro. So... John Hines, what are you thinking? Well, the plan wasn't for them to make the playoffs this year anyway. I know it wasn't. But that doesn't mean you don't make some offs Like... You look at a team and you say, okay, they just made the playoffs against everybody's beliefs. Let's not give them any help. Yeah, well. Where's the thought process there? You traded for Sammy Votnin during the regular season. That was a great trade. I'm upset Henry had to leave, but I'm very happy with Votnin. But we need more defense. And we need more goal scorers. None of this matters. Edmonton's going to pull some bullshit like they usually do and get the first overall pick. I don't know about that. They always do it. They they won like the first overall pick like four years out of six at one point. Well, we won it like two years ago. Yeah, but they, out of six seasons, they won it four times. Yeah, it's weird. They got McDavid and Eberle and Hall. I know two out of the three of them are gone. But they got Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They got Nile Hall Yakupov. was the first overall pick? Yeah. Ooh. What year? 2009? Ooh. 2011? One of those Ooh. two. That's pretty pretty big despair there. So the, the Jack Hughes sweepstakes is on. The consensus number one pick in the NHL draft. The next NHL draft. Wait, who was the one that uh, switched with that guy? Wasn't there someone who played really well in the IAF? Capo Caco? Yeah. That's who I like. I what? think he's going to be better than Jack Hughes. Okay. Uh, Capo Caco is set to go number two as of right now, but we saw this two years ago with the whole Nolan Patrick, Nico Heischer debate. Nolan Patrick was the number one for like three, four years, uh, three, four months heading up to the draft, and then... Strong performances toward the end gave Nico Heischer the edge and eventually the number one pick. Taylor Hall was the number one pick in 2010. Hmm. Right in between where you thought. Yeah. That's usually how that goes. Hmm. I'll give you two years and that's Mac in the, in the middle. So it's going to be interesting to see what teams really uh, 
sell the farm. Not really care about winning down the stretch. I think New Jersey is going to be one of them. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers won the draft lottery three straight seasons. Mm. Taylor Hall, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Al Yakupov. Whatever then, happened to Ryan Nugent Hopkins? He still plays. He okay. still plays there. Is and he then, any good? Yeah, he's okay. Okay. Then they won it again in 2015 <laughs> and got Connor McDavid. And that's the only one that really matters. Yeah. That matters more than any all the other ones. Where were the Devils on that list? Six. Wow, that's the whole draft lottery thing. Pavel Zaka. I hate the draft lottery. I think it's stupid. What are your thoughts? I, I like the lottery. It doesn't really – because it can stop a team from tanking. I like a situation, especially like last year or two years ago, um, where a team like Philly wasn't really supposed to get the uh, a top three pick and ended up getting one. I also like a situation like last year. It was there was a team that wasn't supposed to have it either and was in the top three. I think it was it's either Dallas or Carolina or something, and they were in the top three. So it it can stop a team from tanking because it doesn't mean you're gonna get the number one pick all the time. You know. What if they did the whole draft by lottery? What like the first fourteen picks or, or the first or every pick? Every pick. You can't do that because you can't have a Stanley Cup champion go out there and win the number first one. overall pick. Because let's say, let's take the year that McDavid was drafted, the 2015 NHL draft. Yep. The winner of the Stanley Cup that year was and? Chicago. Oh, Chicago then? Yeah. Hmm. So. When did the Penguins go on their winning streak? The year after that, I think. Okay. So it was the 14 15 season. That's why. And the winner of the Stanley Cup was Chicago. Mm hmm. Now imagine Connor McDavid, Jonathan Taze, and Patrick Kane on one team. You wouldn't be able to pay all of them. So that there is a positive that you would see somebody at least leave. Probably Jonathan Taze. I think he's the worst of the three. But it would still be unfair for the two or three seasons you got him. Patrick Kane is still nasty. Oh, yeah. I think he's more nasty than Jonathan Taze. I think, well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I think it's interesting how he's, like, older now. But he's still, like, we saw him at the Devils game. He played the last period. <laughs> yeah, he's 30 now. But he still played the whole third period. The in whole the game third period. Two in for most of the game in that third period. Three. Two or three that whole third period. Yeah. It's because he's that much. He was the first overall pick in 07. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, uh, let's move from the NHL. Let's take it to basketball. James Harden on a historic tear. Ridiculous. Uh, recently had his 20th consecutive game, scoring 30 points or more. Mm -hmm. This is this is his MVP run, right? He's going to be the MVP of the NBA. Yeah, he's he's insane. Like, there's no way he's not. Well, LeBron. LeBron's not playing enough. Curry. He's not doing this. I I understand that, but you just you got to look at like the fan favorites and who. It could, doesn't. It's not a fan vote. It's not him. a fan vote. It's the player vote, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna vote hard. You think it's, so? It's coaches and players, I think. Yeah. They're going to vote Harden because this many 50-point games, it, it's ridiculous. Because he had he had one more. He had the 58. He had the 58 game versus the Nets. Yep. Then he had the 48 game versus the Lakers that went to overtime. Oh, that they almost they almost lost last. the Lakers. Mm. And they were getting blown out uh, for a lot of the game last night. And he still finished with 37 points. He's ridiculous. But it proves that their method, especially last night's game, their method doesn't work. Mm. You can't rely on James Harden to beat a good team. He's not going to go out there and beat the Sixers. No, he's not LeBron. <laughs> he's not LeBron. He can't force a team to be good yeah. just because he wants them to. He also doesn't play defense. That's true. It's 
Did you see that uh, stupid foul that he got called on him? The guy leaned over in front of him and like... Is that when he was on the ground? Started No, no, no. James Harden was walking away because the... I guess... I don't know if someone had made a shot or if there was a penalty or something. But he's walking down the court. He's right about by the three-point line. And this dude runs up in front of him and just like bends over in front of him. And starts like putting himself into the guy. It was weird. Hold on, I think I saved it. Or but I sent it to you. The the Sixers blew out the Rockets and Jimmy Butler didn't even play. Arguably their best player. I mean, you can't argue Embiid is their best player, even Ben Simmons. Um, I did not say that. Didn't even play. And they handled the Rockets pretty well. So, the Sixers are still a top four team in the East. Um, it's just really going to be if they can all handle their egos getting into the playoffs and whether or not they actually do something, make some noise, beat a team like the Raptors, which is going to be tough for any team in the East. They beat the Rockets by 27, 28. That's coming off a loss to the Thunder in which Paul George played out of his mind. So, James Harden the favorite for MVP? Yeah. I think so. I think. Yeah. I still think he should request a trade. Really? Yeah, why not? I don't know. Go somewhere where he's actually going to win. You think if he goes to another team, he still puts up 50 points? I think it depends what... Yeah, yeah, his style wouldn't really change. Yeah? Yeah, he would still shoot every shot. Yeah, but I feel like he's calling for the shot, and he's getting it more than if he went to a team well, like the Lakers. It's not It's not even like he's calling for the ball. Yeah. Well, yeah, but the team knows they need to give it to Harden. They, don't even, they just they throw it into him, and nobody else touches it. Yeah. He also has that step back. Yeah, but that... That step back. If anyone... Like, Curry proved it. If anyone else in the league does it, it's called to travel. Yeah, it's like three steps. Yeah. It's nuts. Curry did it. Did you see that game? Which one was that? He was playing. He does the same thing Harden yeah, does. And he got he got called he for took, the walk. He took the one and then the two. And the ref blows the whistle. Curry looks at him, knowing what he did, smiles. He goes, come on. <laughs> how are you going to call me on that? Like, how are you going to call him on that? Imagine they started actually calling James Harden's travel. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I if feel like his points, points would drop. Yeah. yeah. Because that's his main move. Yeah, that's that's all he does all the time. They should start calling it. They should start at least paying attention a little more. No, they don't care. It's James Harden. Everyone loves James Harden. I feel like that's not why they care. Then why do you feel like they don't care? Because the Rockets would suck. <laughs> Otherwise. Yeah, that's fair. The Cavaliers still have nine wins. We're going to have a celebration when the Cavaliers finally get the double-digit wins. Let me Let's tell go. you. They play tonight? It's going to happen Cavs tonight, are nine baby. and 39. Cavs play tonight, Trish, do they? Yeah. Oh, they lost yesterday to the Bulls, and they have the Celtics tomorrow. Damn. So, uh, I don't know if 10 wins is going to come at any point soon, but uh, we shall see. Let's move to the octagon. Eight sides. <laughs> yes, eight sides. <laughs> yeah, it's an eight-sided shape. Yep. Uh Huge night for the UFC Saturday night. Their debut on ESPN Plus was huge with the Dillashaw Sehudo fight. Uh, but before that, let's get to the Greg Hardy fight. Did you watch it? No, I did not. Okay, well, I, I heard a lot about it, but I didn't watch any of it. Former NFL player Greg Hardy, who was basically dismissed from the NFL because of domestic ab- abuse, um, has turned to a UFC career. And this was his first time in UFC main event. He was the co-main event in Fight Night 143. Um, it was an even fight to the second round. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Alan Crowder would take Greg Hardy to the ground where Greg Hardy was not in his element. He's more of a stand-up fighter. But Greg Hardy was able to counter and get back up. And then in one failed takedown attempt, Greg Hardy committed an illegal knee. Basically knocking Alan Crowder out. Ah, uh, so he lost? He was disqualified. Aww. Greg Hardy was disqualified in round so wait, two. why was it illegal? What did he do? The rule in the UFC is if a fighter is on one knee, you can't make any contact to the head. Any any leg contact to the head. You well, need him in the two side. knees. You can no, you can't do that either. Okay. One one or two knees. Because why would you be able to do it on one knee, and not two? I don't know. Because you said you specified one. One knee. knee. Yeah. At least one knee. Okay. okay at there least one go. knee. At least one knee. That makes yes. more sense. So, Greg Hardy's UFC career now in I wouldn't say jeopardy, but a lot of questioning whether or not he actually belongs in Ultimate Fighting because well, of this. Let me let me let me quash this. No. <laughs> He beat the shit out of women. That's not a resume to be able to fight. Well, did you see who else was on the the card? No. A victim of domestic violence. Oh, a, a Have woman. Have fight that bitch. Come on. Right. So, getting into the other main event, uh, the Henry Cejudo versus TJ Dillashaw. Dillashaw. Dillashaw moved down a weight class to fight Cejudo. Uh, Dillashaw was already a champion at... I, I'm not sure what weight class. <laughs> I want to say 140-something, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, and Henry Cejudo was just faster than him. Uh, 32 seconds into the fight, the fight was called off by the ref, which I believed was an early stoppage. It should have went further. 32 seconds into the f- first round, um, Dillashaw wasn't really affected ba- badly by the punches thrown. He wasn't wobbling. There was no signs of blood. He wasn't. He was getting pushed around. That's just because of Cejudo's speed. Well, the rule is you have to defend yourself. At all he time. was. He was. He was actually still getting up and trying to move away. Okay. And the ref called it off. Hmm. Um, but if you're getting a, an ass whooping. It wasn't really an ass whooping. You might not think so. No. It's up to the ref to decide Dana, whether Dana it's... White, president of the UFC. I know who he is. Came out and said it was an early stoppage. Okay. The only one who didn't think it was an early stoppage was the head ref. The ref, yeah. And that's all that really matters at this point. Exactly. It's it's up to the ref's discretion. But don't be surprised if you see some kind of rematch um, on some kind of UFC fight night at some point. Uh, this was a big, big-time thing for ESPN, uh, finally dipping their toe into the water that is the UFC. It was a success for the most part. Um, a lot of confusion, people, of what they're actually going to see on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, a lot of people think they're going to get UFC main events like UFC 2- 235 coming up. That's not how that's going to be. That's still going to be a pay-per-view event. and But it's going to be like the same deal ES- uh, UFC had with Fox. All the fights are going to be available, all the fight nights, all the little stuff, the prelims to the main fights are going to be on there. But it's a very it's a, it's a a very uh, lucrative deal for both sides, and it's going to benefit them both in the long run because it's getting more exposure for the UFC out, and yeah, that's going to be important to grow in the sport. I just want to talk about how the fact that the UFC is kind of dying right now. That's what this deal with ESPN is trying to prevent. It's trying to yeah, but get if you... – because more people are focused on ESPN than Fox Sports. This That's just true. how it is. This is very true. The reason the UFC is dying is because, like, one guy, I think, owns all the contracts yeah, it, of the it's, UFC it's fighters. it's one entity. It's so the it's, Ultimate Fighting Championship. Unlike boxing. Where there's different sanctioning bodies. You have different, yeah, different guys, but there's also different people who don't own, but own the rights to the fighters. Yeah. With this... There's different promoters. Exactly. So, but with, so with them... They want their guys to fight other guys, so they have to go to another person and say, hey, my guy wants to fight your guy. And it kind of opens up 
competition. Yeah, it, this, it, it's, it gives you a chance at a more, I, I don't want to say diversity, but that's really what it is. It, yeah. it's more, you have more options. Exactly. But with the UFC, it's you want to fight another guy, you got to go to the head of the the league, I guess. Not really the league, yeah. but whoever owns the all the boxers, yeah. the, the UFC fighters. And you have to say, listen, I want to fight him. And then he can go, hmm. No, I don't like that. I yeah, like him more than I like you. The UFC and I feel like really, the him. UFC really sets the matchups. Whereas a fighter can say, "I want to, a boxer can say, "I want to fight another boxer." While there are mandatory fights in boxing, it's not that strict on them. Not like the yeah. UFC is, where you have to fight somebody. No, oh, yeah. If the UFC you're gonna says you're gonna fight this guy, you're fighting this guy. You're fighting that guy. There's no choice, and there's not as much money in UFC. Yeah. All these kids who are coming up, like you don't have young UFC fighters. No, it, it, there's not a lot of up-and-comers. I know they're, they're putting all their eggs in one basket because I saw it advertised a lot. There's a guy fighting Anderson Silva, who's okay. young, right. who's supposed to be the next Anderson Silva, and they're really putting a lot of eggs into that basket. But you got one guy. Exactly. You look at boxing. There That's are... the problem with the UFC. They focus way too much on one guy. Yeah. Like it, It's been Conor, McGregor for yeah. a while, and McGregor. now that McGregor's been lost to uh, Habib. Yeah. They gotta, they gotta find somebody new, and yeah, that's what they, I think that was their badass. What they were trying to do with Dillashaw here or Cejudo, I think they were really expecting Dillashaw to win. I, I just, I think that it's a little. I think that the problems with the sport are apparent in when you watch the sport, yeah, because you, you see, can, you can see, you the see problems. these fighters don't actually care about the fights they're fighting in, yeah, and. Granted, some boxers don't care about the fights they're fighting yeah, in. They're doing you, it for the paycheck. Some of them are just there for the paycheck, yeah. But the paycheck for boxing is a lot better than the paycheck for yeah, UFC. Yeah, it, it did. Leaps so, and bounds. So all these kids coming up are going, why would I get my face crushed in in UFC when I can get my face crushed in in boxing and make so much more money doing and it? And have less of a chance of a really a serious, serious injury. There's yeah. less of that chance in boxing. Because you're not getting knees or kicks to the face. Exactly. It's just, and you're also not going to the ground where you're going to get choked out. Yeah. Or you're going to have your leg broken in some kind of leg lock. Like... It, it's these kids are looking at it and going, why would I ever want to do that if I could do this instead? Well, let's move to boxing real quick before we get to football because it's a big week, big weekend for boxing too. Manny Pacquiao. Well, before we get to that, let's look at uh, what I want to talk about. the undercard for that fight: Badu Jack versus Marcus Brown. And the only reason I'm talking about this is because Badu Jack had Badu Jack is a fighter who leads with his head mm-hmm. a lot right. and causes a lot of incidental headbutts. Okay. He had a cut on his head from here to here. Oh. From about the Two-thirds upway of his forehead all the way down to the bridge of his nose. Yeah, that's not good. And it was bleeding a lot. Can I see a picture? Yes, you can. Oh. Uh, here's his face covered in blood. And the ref was also covered in blood for the whole fight, too. That's hot. Um, not for the whole fight. For when the, the cut opened up around round four. May I make the comparison to Batman really quick? Oh, calm down. He looks like Batman. In that uh, he lost. Uh, Batman lost. Here's, here's the ref covered in blood. Oh, I saw that picture. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Barstool posted that. Yeah, that's where I saw um, it. So, Badu Jack loses again. And let's go to the main event. Man, 40-year-old Manny Pacquiao defending his <laughs> WBA welterweight championship <laughs> against Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner, who right now is up for the most delusional athlete of the century award. Right, how old is Adrian Broner? Adrian Broner, I believe, is 29. And you lose to a 40-year-old. You lose to a Hall of Fame 40-year-old. He's 29. All right, Hall of Fame 40-year-old is still a 40-year-old in boxing. That's true. <laughs> like, eh. yeah, there, there's... He's not Mayweather. There's definitely a gap. Yeah, that's... 
<laughs> but this is setting up for him to fight Mayweather. Oh, God, I hope so. Did you see that handshake between them at the yeah, basketball game? that was the cringiest thing ever. <laughs> that was so sad. He's going for a handshake, and <laughs> fucking Floyd is just sitting there punching him. Like, <laughs> So before we talk about the setup and the actual, and Adrian Boner's terrible, terrible judgment after the fight, uh, here are the stats. In jabs, Broner threw 115 jabs and landed 11 of them. Wow. Manny Pacquiao threw 371 jabs and landed 30 of them. <laughs> uh, power, so basically it was a bad fight. Power punches, Adrian Broner threw 180 and landed 39. Uh, that's 22%. Manny Pacquiao threw 197 and landed 82. That's 42%. Mm. And then in total... Uh, Broner landed 50 of 295 punches, whereas Pacquiao landed 112 of 568 punches. Jesus Christ. Doubled them up on punches, basically. Uh, Adrian Broner landed three body shots, whereas Manny Pacquiao landed 47. <laughs> so, Was it a knockout or did it go to the scorecard? It went to the scorecards. Okay. Uh, the Showtime scorecard had it 10 rounds to two. Mm. And then it was by unanimous decision in favor of Pacquiao. And then you got Adrian Broner after the fight, standing up on the ropes with his hands up, saying, I won. And then saying in the interview, everybody knows I beat that boy. Everybody knows. And then which, I believe his name is Jim Gray, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, one of the guys for Showtime, says, you're 3-3-1 three, three, and one in your last seven fights. <laughs> and then Broner goes, I might be 3-3-1 three, three, and one in my last seven fights, but I'm 7-0 and oh against you. And then Jim Gray went, well, that doesn't, that doesn't stand for much. That doesn't account for much. <laughs> so... <laughs> He's uh Adrian Broner took two L's on Saturday mm. night. And you got dished it to him by some showtime Yeah, just the announcer. <laughs> like Um Adrian Broner's never been a fighter who can win that fight in his career. We saw it here. Can't beat forty year old Manny Pacquiao. Let alone it is Manny Pacquiao, Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame boxer, all time legend. Adrian Broner is still twenty nine and still should be able to control this fight where Manny Pacquiao controlled the whole thing. The whole fight. At the very least, he should be in better shape than him, right? Yeah, you would think. He, sh- he should be able to move around the ring. But the, this he should is... be able to slip and just hit him. Adrian Broner fights like a poor man's Floyd Mayweather. That's how he fights. He That's... does the shoulder roll. He does plays all the defense. That's how he fights. He's just not nearly as good as Floyd Mayweather is at it. No, because Mayweather knows you have to land punches to win the scorecard. Exactly. And so... Broner said he controlled the pace of the fight. He did not. You saw by the stats, he averaged eight punches landed per round. <laughs> No, Floyd has it down to a science where he'll dodge, you know, dip, weave, do whatever he needs to but do to get out of the punches. But land enough punches to win a round. But he'll hit enough, just enough, that the judges feel confident in giving yep. him the round. Yep. So he'll run away the whole fight, but he'll land those punches when they count. Yep. And that's what's important to know. If you're not punching, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. A la Adrian Broner, 3-3-1 three, three, <laughs> in his last seven fights. Um, so this is setting up for the Floyd-Manny Rematch. I hope so. Unless Floyd saw... Floyd's not going to fight him unless he knows he can beat him. Unless Floyd really saw something here last fight and said, well, I, I don't know if I want to fight Manny because I might lose. That'd be the only thing preventing this fight. Yeah, but I feel like it's just going to be some kind of like... It won't be an actual fight. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's going to try to do it somehow where it won't count towards... What, like a 10-round like a exhibition? Yeah. Exhibition where it wouldn't really matter towards like 49 no yeah. record 50 I feel like it wouldn't is. touch his 50 you know kind of like what, he, what it was against Conor McGregor exactly yeah it'd be a Just little exhibition show. nothing yeah I feel like he's not gonna risk his career at this point I feel like he's at 50 you know he's got the perfect record yeah 
Why would you? Why would you throw I, yourself in a fight now? I would watch it. I would watch it. If it was a serious fight, I would watch it. If it was exhibition bullshit, I'm not gonna watch it. That's the if problem. If it means something, I'll watch it. Yeah, but it's not gonna. And matter. I feel like a lot of boxing fans feel that same way. Mm. So let's. But I feel like some company's gonna give Floyd a lot of money oh, to fight Floyd, him again. Floyd promotes his own fights, and Showtime would be all over it. Showtime yeah. would be all over that fight the same way they were all over the. the McGregor fight. Floyd would be like, yeah, give me uh, 50% of yeah, your pay-per-view, I, and uh, I'll do it. So let's let's move from the ring. Let's move to the gridiron. Oh, yes. Championship weekend the NFL. Very exciting. We're going to start off with the NFC Championship and all the controversy there. Um, the Rams defeated the Saints. Blown calls for days. Honestly. Uh, bad game by the refs. Miss a blatant face mask on Goff. Miss a blatant... Uh, Pass interference call on Nickel Roby Coleman by Nickel Roby Coleman earlier on in the game, and then missed the call that supersedes all bad calls in the pass interference on Tommy Lee Lewis with 149 left in the fourth quarter. Let's, let's not forget it wasn't just pass interference. It was, it was also it was also helmet a hit to the, to the head. Yeah, I feel like it's also a defenseless receiver. Yeah. There's there's a lot of labels you can give that that penalty. Yeah, you could have given him any of those. In the yeah, game over. I. I don't understand what the ref was looking at there. He was looking right at it. He was standing right there. The, M- Nickel Roby Coleman was four yards away from the ball when he made contact with the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can think of is where you don't rule that pass interference is if the ball was deemed uncatchable. Even then, it could still be that it could still be a helmet to helmet. It could, could still be helmet to helmet. It still could be defenseless receiver. Exactly. It could still be roughing. Yeah. There, there's so many different ones. He got rocked. Absolutely rocked, and I feel like the part of the reason they didn't call one after the hit was because he got back up. And he yeah, was okay. I think if he would have tried to sell a little bit and stay down, that he, might have been probably would have called it. Yeah. Probably would have called defenseless receiver yeah. if he had stayed down. But he got right back up. But and yeah, he but got he's right not he's not thinking that at the time. I know. So. Yeah, obviously you're not thinking that. But if you would stay down just a little longer, so it, it goes to overtime. Uh, Breeze and the and the Saints get the ball first and. Breeze is hit by Dante Fowler. Mm-hmm. Ball goes up in the air and is picked off by the Rams. Rams eventually kick the 57-yard field goal to send them to their first Super Bowl since 2003. Yeah, shout-out to Kyle. Congratulations, buddy. Yeah, his dad was hyped. His I'm dad sure was texting was. me after the game. <laughs> so it's, it, they're going to be representing the NFC this year, and honestly, either way, uh, I, I'm, I'm not upset with either team by winning. No, I'm upset, I, I'm upset with the way it did end because I feel like the Saints were robbed of this. Yes, I feel like... With all these teams that are in that were in the championship games going to the Super Bowl, I feel like every team deserved it this year. Yeah, every team would be a with the seasons a worthy, they all had a worthy team to represent the a, the NFC or AFC. Uh, before they were all great teams. We, and then before we get to, we're going to be talking more about the NFC championship later in the episode because we're going to be talking about the nuclear option when it comes to the NFL. Now hold on, before we before we move on, uh, I wanted to ask you: with all the four teams, who do you think was the weakest link in quarterback? The weakest link in quarterback? Mm-hmm. I would say Goff. That's what I was thinking. Because Breeze has the experience, Brady yep. has the experience, Mahomes is a better arm than Goff. I feel like with the seasons they all like had. Like the, the four quarterbacks, the, the rankings would be just based on who they were in the game it was. It would be Brady, Breeze, Mahomes, Goff. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I feel like, yes, the inexperience affected him. But at the same time, with the seasons these guys have had this year, just looking at this year, like not even looking at past experience, looking at this year, I feel like Mahomes was up there. Yeah. Maybe number two. I feel like you can't count Brady out no matter what. 
you got the top four teams in the sport. Yeah, exactly. In the in the last, and that's all that really matters. That's, that's all you a, want. Yeah, and you that, want that, the top four to teams games. in the sport in in the playoffs. Let's talk in the Super Bowl. Let's talk about the AFC here, uh, the AFC Championship. I know a lot of Jets fans who are very <laughs> upset that the Patriots seems to get all the calls going their way, and there's a few calls I want to focus on. Now, this call ultimately didn't matter. The muffed punt by Julian Edelman, the quote muffed punt, it actually wasn't. That ball did not touch him. They ruled it a muff punt, and then they went back and reviewed it, and a lot of people thought there wasn't enough evidence there to overturn it. I believe there was. I believe you could clearly see the ball did not touch Edelman on the punt, even though it didn't matter. Brady turned around and threw a pick six two plays later. Um, and then I want to focus on the neutral zone infraction by D Ford. Arguably the biggest play of this game. D Ford lines up in the neutral zone. Brady throws an interception, which basically would have end, ended the game. The mm-hmm. Kansas City could have ran out the clock after that. And they call neutral zone infraction on KC. And Andy Reid was livid. Yeah. Because usually in a situation like that, the ref uh, will tell the coach, watch out for this player because he seems to be lining up in the neutral zone. And they just called it immediately. So, And, and that got Andy Reid really pissed. But you got to follow the rules. And there's no time for warning with one minute left in the fourth quarter. If you're offside, you're offside. doesn't matter if it didn't mean anything to the play if you're offside, you're offside. And then one more is the roughing the passer on Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't roughing the passer. I, I get you're not supposed to make contact it's, with the helmet, but he really didn't. Roughing the roughing the passer nowadays is so hard to determine. I feel for the refs nowadays having to call that because yeah, I, they've made the rules so convoluted and complicated. If you if they throw the ball and you take more than two steps and touch the quarterback in any way, shape, or form, it's roughing the passer. Yeah. And it's... I think it's bullshit. The roughing the passer rule today is bullshit. Because I'm sure there are many NFL defensive players that will agree with you. I know. Because it's it's how are you supposed to stop I watched a play where a defenseman broke through the line, was about to hit the quarterback. Quarterback throws the ball. The defenseman did everything in his power to stop himself. Yeah. He was slowing down the best he could and he got him with his arm by accident the part, and he called the rough. I don't the like that if you make contact below the knees it's roughing the passer. I don't like the, if you make contact with the helmet it's below the passer. It's roughing the passer. And I also don't like if you land with your full body weight on the quarterback it's roughing the passer. What, how are you supposed to tackle him? You, should, you have to grab him by the collar. And, and yeah. <laughs> like you got to grab his shoulder and just pull or, him down. Or roll him on top of you. Yeah, that's is it's weak. And it's bullshit. It's a very bullshit rule, but at the same time, you can see where it's coming from. Yeah, I can see where it's coming from with the safety, but it hinders defensive play because as a defensive lineman, you're taught not to have any hesitation. Now you're exactly. having all the hesitation in the world because that yeah. one play can cost you a game. We saw it with Clay Matthews earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you don't want it to cost you in a situation like that. Nope. It's disappointing, to so, say the least. I'm going to say something that's been a very unpopular opinion in sports lately. Um... There's only one reason why Brady's in the Super Bowl right now, and it's completely because of luck. Because of what? Luck. Why? Whoever would have won that coin toss is winning that game. <laughs> That's fair. You don't. Th- Mahomes is going to walk right down the field the yes, same way was. Brady did. Yep. Whoever won the coin toss was winning that game. So it came down to a coin toss of whether or not Brady's going to his ninth Super Bowl, and guess what he is. Because, of course, it did, because they're New England. Tom Brady has been to more Super Bowls than a lot of teams have ever been to a Super Bowl. Every other team except the Patriots. Yeah. Every other team now except the Patriots. Well, no. How many championship visits do the Giants have? I five. I looked it up the other day. Do they only have yeah. five? Brady was tied with the Steelers and, like, Cowboys for eight. With I saw eight. that, yeah. And that was second. Yeah. 
Because now the Patriots have 11 and Tom Brady has 9. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous on every level. Tom Brady is not a force to be messed with. I also love the fact that he walked into Arrowhead Stadium and said, I'm going to fucking win this game. He said, I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. Yes. That That's a amazing. direct quote from Tom Brady. I know. But Which Tom he was. Brady he was in you, that moment. If you ever watch, he's the whitest guy in the world. Yep. He's yep. got a very hot wife. Yep. And he just very white. He just rakes, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he pulls it in. I don't know. So, and the, about the moment getting to Mahomes, mm-hmm. that didn't happen. I know. <laughs> I saw it. The defense just shut his ass down. And then even with that happening, then, he still rallied and came back. That's wild. The fourth quarter of KC. Now, hold on. Hold on. Can we talk about the fact that both games went to overtime and the Drake curse? Just give me one second. We'll get All to right. that in a second. All right. And the fourth quarter of the KC-New England game, I know we had the Rams-Chiefs game earlier this year. That was the most entertaining football of the year. Really? That whole fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, it was a the fourth, it was Okay, a the, gun fourth, show. the fourth quarter in overtime. Okay. That was the most entertaining football of the season. Just because of the, the weight of the situation and the two quarterbacks going at it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Drake curse since you just brought it up. Oh, it's so funny. Every team, every game went to overtime and any team could have won. Yep. So So what happened with, with the Drake curse, for those of you that don't know, people say that any team that Drake supports loses. Because they every do. time he supports the Raptors, every time he supports the Raptors, they lose. He supported Alabama, they lost. So, as a joke, Drake put on a shirt that had all of the four teams' logos on it. And he said, good luck, y'all. Yeah, well, and... And, and every overtime. game ended in overtime. Yep. <laughs> uh, That's wild. Because of course it would. Yeah. Neither team technically won right there. They didn't win in over their regulation. So, Drake, I, I wonder... I wonder if we're gonna see anything before the Super Bowl from Drake. Probably not. Oh, with with both teams. On sure. Probably won't see anything. That game will go to OT. I don't think Drake really cares about the Super he Bowl. He doesn't. I don't think he cares about anything. I don't think he cares about football. No. He cares about basketball. Yeah. A lot. Um, but I think the last thing the Raptors want in the playoffs is him on their sideline again. Because <laughs> then they're gonna lose. He talks then so gonna, much. They're gonna shit. lose in the first round at like the Nets or something, Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh... The, a- the AFC Championship was one of the best I can remember in, in years. Cause it was just a shootout. It was fun. Uh, hoping the same for the game next week. Uh, in wow. two weeks. The game next week is going to be ridiculous. The Super Bowl. Uh, Although, you got to remember, this is the Patriots. This is the Patriots The defense. Patriots can play any game they want. That's the problem. Yeah. Any game they want. They want to play a defensive battle to play it. They want to play a shootout to play it. It doesn't matter. Depends on how Brady's feeling. I feel like if Brady Brady's comes up out for there it. And, he's not, and he's not shooting like Goff is, I feel like the defense will step Does up. Does anybody really have the guts to pick against the Patriots? Us. I don't. Really? I'm, right now, I'm leaning New England. So, hold on. But when you, me, I, I believe we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about this on air. We were talking about doing, like, a group bet on uh, yeah. on the Super Bowl. Yeah. What team are we leaning towards? Right now, you know the Rams opened up as the favorite? Really? A one-point favorite. All right, but what what are the odds on the game? They're basically even. They're even? At this point, yes. Are they both plus or both minus? They're both minus. They're both minus. So They, like, mo- they might both actually be even. Let me check. No matter that. what we do, we pretty much don't make any money. We'd, we'd make our money. We'd make 
double. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's not like you make a stupid amount yeah. more. But just when it the gets Rams fun. did open as one-point favorites, which I don't know how you can make Brady an underdog again. In the Super Bowl. Yeah, I... What are they looking at? Are they looking at record? It won't let me bet on them yet. So it won't, I can't get odds yet. Okay. But is is that... is Are they looking at record? I think uh, the Rams are the designated home team. I think that's what it, that, that's the only thing doing it. But they're not home. I feel like that shouldn't count. Cause Patriots got the second seed on, seed on purpose. So they, so? Could, so they could pick heads or tails in the Super Bowl. Uh, in uh, the AFC Championship game. Wow. In overtime. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Brady foresaw this coming in the future. Yep. Said, all right, boys, we need to lose a couple more games just so we can be second seed. Uh, so let's move toward the NFC. We talked about the game. Let's talk about what the city of New Orleans, the whole state of Louisiana wants. They want the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, to impose Rule 17, Section, section 2, two Article, Article 3. three. Um, stating which the commissioner has the power to have the game replayed or replayed at a certain point on. Um, we probably wouldn't be looking at a total replay, even though there's an argument for it because the refs did miss a lot of calls that game. I feel like we all know why they want it recalled, redone. Because of that one play. Yeah. And it, that it, one it, missed call. And our super sleuth, Detective Tony, has found some information on that ref that is quite interesting. He used to play for the Rams. That opens up a whole new window of, was this a little bit skewed uh, here? Referee Phil McKinley played for the Rams in 1981. He was the referee on the play. He was the guy standing three yards away. Yeah, I mean, who is that interesting? That's very interesting. Your former team is on the field. You still know guys. Probably, Probably in the not. upper management. Uh, there's nobody left. You don't think so? No. How about the owner? Different no, owner? Different way. They've had like four different owners. Since oh, then. boy. Still. Probably still in contact. You don't think so? Mm. <laughs> they might have been. <laughs> you don't think you're still in touch? I mean, you don't think they're still lying in his pockets it, it just, a little bit? It just Greasing it, it just, the, it just the adds, gear? It just adds another level to this. Um, whether or not the nuclear option will be imposed, it's very unlikely. You'd have to do it now and play the game tomorrow night and then postpone the Super Bowl. Yeah, no. You'd have but, to give the, the Rams or Saints that extra week. It would it's not going to happen. happen. Uh, although it would be interesting to see, and I believe the integrity of the game is something that needs to be argued here because that would, if that call is made, which it should have, uh, the Saints would have went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Would have been. And there was there was a pass interference call later in the Rams game in overtime where a lot less was done, and it was called pass interference. So it, it makes you wonder what what the call was, and it. It's just upsetting to see the game end that way because this is the last thing the NFL wanted. The NFL did not want the Monday after the NFC Championship game or the, the, the week after. They didn't want it to be all focused on the refs. That is the last thing the NFL wants after every single weekend is for the games to be focused on what the refs called or did not call. And it's it's a blind it's a black eye for the league, and I feel like it's, it's bad. We're gonna see some questions about about this ref. Some inquiries. I think he should be fired. I think you should. Be I think you well. should be fired. Simple as that. I think that was such a blatant call. They, they fired refs earlier in the season for missing calls on a touchdown, uh, a, a false start on a touchdown against the uh, for, for the LA Chargers, and they fired him. I th- th- he should be fired. Um, yeah. You hate to see it 
see somebody lose their job for missing something because everyone makes mistakes, everyone's human, and you know you, you hope that this guy's obviously been in the league for a very long time. He's obviously he's been, been a around ref. football, yeah. For he's a obviously long time. been a ref for a long time. He knows the game. He knows what penalties are. He knows what it is. Maybe he sneezed. <laughs> Maybe his eyes were closed. Maybe he wasn't looking at that play at that particular second. Who knows what happened? Because any number of things could have distracted him. He might not have seen. He might not have had a good angle on where the ball was. Maybe he thought the defenseman had his head turned around when he didn't. Yeah. It happens in the blink of an eye. That hit happened very fast. Yeah. It was three seconds at most. That whole play was maybe five seconds. So it's it makes sense that he'd make this mistake. Now, you can't make this mistake at this level of play. No, you really can't. And it fits all the criteria for pass interference. Take away even him just laying him out because he did. Yeah. He was there before the ball was there. He didn't, he didn't turn his head. He didn't turn his head, and he didn't make an attempt on the ball. Mm-hmm. That's pass interference. Cut and dry. Cut. You can't get any more simple than that. And but, then you want to add to it? He laid him out. Yeah. He laid him out. He hit him in the head with this helmet to helmet. There was a hit to the head. Like I've Defenseless seen, receiver. I've seen refs have a conference and go back and, re- and talk about it and then throw the flag. No conference, no nothing, just fourth down. It's not fair. And going back, going back to the nuclear option, I don't think we're going to see it, even though there is an argument for it. And listen... I know a lot of fans wouldn't like it. I would love to see it. It would just be so interesting to me how this goes. I think it'd be weird. It would be. You're really going to fly the Rams back to Los Angeles and play the last minute 49? What if the uh, back to New Orleans by the last minute 49? What, what do you do? Just no? put the ball back on third down? No, 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 no. You say it was pass interference. First and ten Saints from the spot of the ball. First and goal See, Saints would that would be weird because then the Saints just win. Saints take two knees, three knees, kick the field goal on fourth down, win the game. And that's it. That's time exposed. One second left. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's game. Saints go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's... Now you're basically saying the Saints should have just won the game. There's no question. You're still... Yeah, you're basically not giving the Rams a chance. Not at all. I feel like you could make an argument to replay the whole game. And I feel like if it was, let's say it wasn't a minute 49 left in the, the game. Let's say it was like eight minutes left in the third quarter. I feel like the ref makes that call. I feel like he didn't make the call because of the time left in the game. You think he was... But if he didn't, but then you look at other situations. You look at the whole D Ford thing. Why make that call? His head was over the ball. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe they wanted a... Rams, Patriots, Super Bowl. I want to leave the issue with this. Back in September of 2014, referring to Bounty Gate, this is what Roger Goodell said. Ignorance is not an excuse. The NFL can't be ignorant to this, this situation. No. Something has to be done. And I'm going to be honest with you, whatever is done is not going to... They're going to fire that round. Yeah, but it's not going to fix what happened, and it's not going to make Saints fans feel any better. It's not going to make Saints ownership feel any better. No, not at all. They're and gonna, you better, you better believe... Pass interference will be reviewable next next season. Because who's on the competition committee? Saints head coach Sean Payton. Yeah. It's going to be reviewable next season. That would make sense. Yeah. I mean... Especially in a situation like that. I think it's a little foolish that it's not reviewable. I feel like you should be able to argue. Especially in a way. situation like that. 
we're looking at a game that's evolving more at replay. Even in college, a targeting penalty is now reviewable whether or not the player should be thrown out of the game. This is a situation where this kind of call should be reviewable. What things do you think shouldn't be reviewable? Because, I mean, nowadays with technology... I think it'd be easier to look at what should be reviewable. What do you mean? Are we just talking about penalties or plays in general? Just anything. Like what? A catch. Okay. Down by contact. Uh-huh. I still don't think you can review forward progress stopped because that's really a judgment call from the ref. Uh, 12 men on the field, which is reviewable. Because hmm. um, I feel like there's a lot of things where... You you can't review 12 men on the field. That's one of the only penalties you can review. You, you can review things, so why not? You should like, be able to review whether or not a player was lined up off sides. Like it, but it, then you'd you have, have to replay the down anyway. Yeah, but you have the capability yeah. to look at it. There are cameras from every angle in the NFL. That pass interference should be reviewed. It should be a completely reviewable play because you're able to see everything that happens. Anything that happens on the field, you're going to see it from six different angles. We're going to see an expansion of instant replay next season. It's inevitable now after this. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what it is and what the guidelines are and what you can and can't challenge or review. Now, do you think it would be helpful if they put cameras in the helmets of the players? Players wouldn't go for it. Why not? They're going to say it throws off whatever they're doing. How? They say that extra little weight throws them off. What That's what they would like say. Right up here. Wouldn't matter. And there's no weight. That, and they can sign The NHL puts cameras no on the helmets of the refs. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. What about putting cameras on the hats of the refs? That might be good. Yeah. They put you cameras can, in the pylons. You can see. Then you can actually see what the refs looking you at. You can see what the refs looking at. So we and can't. Then the, and then the NFL can review footage on whether or not I'm making a decision whether or not they should fire refs or not. And then you can see how many calls refs make just because another ref said, hey, I think I saw yeah. something. But if you give goes, one okay. camera to a ref, you got to give them to all of them. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. I'm just saying, how many refs have thrown a flag because a player complained to them? I've seen plays where an O-lineman's been called. I've seen plays where an O-lineman's been called for holding. And the O-lineman gets up and goes, sir, I have my hands behind my back. Yeah. How, how are you going to call me for holding? Well, that's why they have those referee conferences. One referee calls it, they'll all talk about it and say, no, it wasn't. I've yeah. seen that a ton. Nowadays. But but like I've seen it that when it goes back to a player, you know, wanting the call, I've seen Brady get hit, glare at the ref, and it's a fifteen yard penalty for roughing the passer. Yeah. We're seeing less of that now, but it still happens. Um Well, Tom Brady's the league's golden boy. He's exactly. the best of all time. Yeah. No and question. There's yeah, there's nine no Super Bowls, come on. You can hate the man as much as you want. You can hate the man as much as you want. I know I don't like the team he plays for, and I know I'm happy the Giants beat him twice in the Super Bowl. This is his third Super Bowl in a row. His fourth in the last five years. He's like this is the nobody's ever going to do it at this level in any sport ever again. No, not going to happen. You can't do it. You look at a team that makes it to four out of five championships in five years. Yeah, and they say it's a great team. This is one man. The Bills went to four in a row, and they lost all of them. They said those Bills are one of the best teams of all time. Those Bills yeah. teams. No. They didn't even win a championship. This this team is something special. We're watching history, and I enjoy it. Uh, Tom Brady also one of the classiest moves I've seen by a quarterback going to talk to Patrick Mahomes after the game. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tom Brady approached uh, Arrowhead Stadium security and asked if he could talk to Patrick Mahomes. They were then... They then met in a room off of the Chiefs' locker room. 
And that's probably him just saying, you know, you're going to get to. You're going to be the next one to do this in this league, so let me have this one. You'll have the next 20. Yeah. Yeah, don't let it get to you, kid. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, that's going to basically conclude our episode. We're going to end every so episode we do with some takes. Just me and Trish here today. It's um, very sad. Very sad. You got something? Or are we just going to look at each other for a few minutes till we think of something? No, I got something. Okay. My hot take is that this game is going to be an absolute shootout. And that the Super Bowl, I mean, yeah. not to confuse anybody. But it will still come down to a field goal. Who's going to kick it? Steven Guskowski or Greg Zerline? Goskowski. He's going to make it or miss it? Miss it. Ooh. Will that send it to, will that keep it tied? Or will that keep the Rams no, winning? No, that'll keep the Rams winning. Oh. Um, That'll be to tie the game with like a couple seconds left because the Rams just scored a last minute bullshit weird touchdown. I don't know. They're moving wanna... the other way and they get down to that field goal and then Brady's trying to push it in the end zone and then they decide to take him off and put the kick team out because there's not enough time left on the clock. Oh, I really don't want my... Uh, Bong. I really don't want my take to be Super Bowl related because we have Super Bowl week all week next week. Well, we can talk about the Pro Bowl a little bit next week. The Pro Bowl's this week. That's what I meant. Yeah, but that sucks. Whatever. Um, mine actually goes to baseball. Really? Uh, today, Mariano Rivera was the first unanimous oh, yeah, yeah, player yeah, yeah. to be elected into the Hall of Fame. Congratulations really to him. A hot take. <laughs> uh, Mariano Rivera, Mike Messina, Edgar Martinez. Oh, and there's one more. Bear with me here a second. Who made it into the Hall of Fame? So there's Who two votes on that. The and baseball player, the baseball writers association. Okay. So and this year, Roy Halladay. Roy Halladay was also. There's really never been a unanimous vote. No, but let me tell you something. He won't be the last one. No. My hot take is Derek Jeter will be the next unanimous vote into the MLB Hall of Fame. I agree with that. Pro Baseball Hall of Fame. I agree with that completely. When is he eligible? Uh, next year, year okay. after. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, yeah, Jeter was. Something special. Yeah. I, I, and if Mariano's Rivera, Rivera's unanimous, I believe Jeter's going to be unanimous. Um, think A-Rod will make it in? A-Rod was up for it this year, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. No. I, I don't think he'll make it in. No? I think you'll see Bonds and Clemens in, and they're barely going to get in when they do get in. Like, they'll barely get the 70% of the vote you need to get in. And I don't think A-Rod's going to be close to that. I think A-Rod Derek Jeter's up for it in 2020. He'll get I in. I believe he'll be unanimous. He'll get in. Yeah. He'll definitely get in. I think it'll be unanimous. Well, that's going to conclude the episode. Uh, the real winner last week of the championship games was Tom Brady because he finally gets to go to his first Super Bowl because uh, the only way he can do it is you just said Tom CBS. Brady. Oh, for Tony Romo, is he finally gets to go to his first Super Bowl because the only way he can do it is through the booth at CBS. There you go. Uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday. We're going to ramp up Super Bowl coverage next week. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a fun week leading up to the big game. Good time. So new episodes every Tuesday, uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, keep tuning in, keep listening. More content on the way. We're having fun. We're having a lot fun. of different countries. Lot forty-one different countries. It's a lot. It's a lot. We're global. We are. We're worldwide. Yep. They both. We want to thank you to all, all our new listeners. Uh, we encourage you to keep listening because it's it's only gonna get better from here on out. Please do. Please do. Like, share, subscribe. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud iTunes, however you get your podcasts. We have fun. We have fun. We have fun here. You have fun? I have fun. I like oh, this. I good. do this a lot. Yeah, me too. So we will see you on Thursday. and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>